The following program deals with a controversial subject. The theories expressed are not the only possible interpretation. Viewers are invited to make a judgment based on all available information. This is your captain speaking. We are beginning our descent into madness. Open, open, your, 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 my, my, my. And we're back to another edition of West of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's late, but we got another one of those shows lined up for everyone tonight. Genevieve, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Doing all right? Yeah. I'm Enjoying the first day of October? I am. I am. I, I feel this year has gone way too fast. It's, like, it's, it's a bit it's scary. It's scary, yeah. This is the 10th month out of 12. It's my birthday month. And it's your birthday month. There you go. Happy birthday <laughs> month uh, to Genevieve. And it's everyone. I won't, I, won't, I won't say everyone's, but it's a lot of people's favorite month, right? The month of October. Of course. Right? Because it's my so, birthday. Because it's, it's your birth month. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that little holiday called Halloween oh, just around yeah. the corner. I'm so. that. I'm that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always check out the website, WTRRadio.com, for uh, some uh, spooky fun as well. We do a lot of uh, paranormal uh, stories as well. We interview some folks with some interesting tales to tell. Yeah. Uh, so definitely, if you're looking for a spooky good time, hit up WOTRRadio.com. We also got a video coming up very, very soon. And we just did a little um, preview of a tour in Black Sox oh, Canyon yeah. as well. And that, though, if you're going to be in the LA area or the Orange County area, definitely check out the folks at hauntedoc.com because they just, they're going to be debuting a tour. We went to the preview, which was super mm -hmm. cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, but they're going to be debuting this tour to the general public. And I actually spoke to, uh, Ernie from Hunter OC uh, just a few minutes ago, and mm -hmm. it looks like the tickets are selling pretty fast. So if you want to check out, if you never heard of Black Star, first of all, go Google it, open a new tab and check that out. Uh, a lot of uh, crazy stories coming out of that uh, little uh, area just outside of uh, the main cities of Orange. Definitely check it out and be on the lookout. We'll be posting a video of the Omen House, which is a house up in Cielo Drive. Okay, yeah. This which is, is just this is crazy. 150 if, feet away from where the uh, the tragic uh, uh, Manson murders happened. If you're into Charlie Manson, from whatever direction you might be morbidly fascinated right. about, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there, there's different angles, right? But most people are morbidly fascinated in some way or another. Yeah. And, well, we were there at the site and also um, at a neighboring site, which is where this um, investigation and walkthrough took place. Yeah, and we yeah. definitely caught some um, paranormal activity, I guess you can call it. Yeah, no, it was really kind of weird because I am... I still like to call myself a skeptic because... You weren't I, looking I, very skeptical that night. I'll no, say that much. Well, the thing is, <laughs> I, I'm happy to walk into a place and just be like, yeah, whatever. But when something falls over five times over and I can't find any invisible strings attached, yeah. I can't find any wind blowing, there's no windows open, and the thing is recorded on camera and it keeps on falling over exactly at a certain moments we talk about certain things 
it gets a bit weird. It gets a bit weird. And that is all in the video. It's definitely a, a pretty active location. And uh, if you want to have your own experience there, David Oman is actually selling tickets for an upcoming investigation on a very appropriate date, October 13th. October 13th, which is actually a Friday. So it's I know, that's Friday crazy. Dessert. That's going to be a so massive investigation. If you want to go investigate, check out theomanhouse.com. Yeah. O-M-A-N. Want to make sure I say that, right? Yeah, not Omen. Right. It's Omen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's happening October 13th. Definitely check it out. Last order of business here before we move on to our main topic. If you haven't done so, definitely check out our interview with the author and researcher, Walter Bosley. We did an amazing interview with him based around his book, Origin, the uh, 19th century emergence of the 20th century breakaway civilizations. We talked about the secret space program, UFOs, uh, the bell or the Glock. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, that. <laughs> and a whole lot more. We also... Uh, Posted a video interview with him that we uh, filmed that Contact in the Desert, the big UFO conference at Joshua Tree that happened in May. So definitely head over to WTRradio.com and check those yeah. out. But let's get down to brass tacks here, folks, because this show, I'm sure a lot of people are probably wondering how, how is this going to work out? Because we're talking about a topic that really doesn't get discussed a whole lot. Yeah, well, basically, we have um, Jesus Mendoza on the show tonight. And, you know, to summarize, he's essentially an electronic harassment victim. And that's not a thing that gets thrown around easily nowadays because it's quite a new phrase, you know, and that's why people aren't taking it seriously. But it should be given everything he has to account for. So he's an electronic electronic harassment victim and he's basically coming onto our show and talking about the dangers of wi-fi and cell towers and he's got a petition going he's um a family guy who lives in texas with his wife and his kids and he's been shunned to a life of having to live in a trailer essentially outside of his own home just in order to avoid contact with EM frequencies. So that's the basic radio, TV, internet waves that you get in every modern day household. So without further ado, uh, let me go ahead and bring uh, Mr. Jesus Mendoza to the conversation tonight. Mr. Mendoza, can you hear us okay? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And thank you for letting me be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. First of all, I'm going to ask the first question that I'm sure is on everyone's mind. If you have this hypersensitivity, how is it possible for us to uh, communicate? Are you able to use uh, cell phones or how do you manage to call folks around? Basically, I'm using a, a landline telephone in which your voice comes through an air tube. You know, I cannot be inside my home. Uh, I'm in the middle of the lot, and right now I'm on an old Jeep uh, with a little light, and that's how I'm, you know, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I cannot be here, you know. Uh, sometimes I can sleep here, but sometimes I have to move into a metal building. And uh, if you don't mind, I can, I can quickly explain, you know, my, my, um, my condition. 
please do. AMIM suffering of a painful, debilitating, and life-threatening electrohypersensitivity. Exposure to the same radiation reaching children at school, including the microwave radiation emitted by Wi-Fi transmitters, cell phones, and wireless computers, causes me, among other things, swelling of vital organs, swelling of face, head and eyes, flu and allergy symptoms, rashes, and loss of skin, symptoms of heart attack and of stroke, and breathing, speech, hearing, concentration, and memory problems. The delayed effects of radiation exposures have been catastrophic. I have a history of life-threatening swelling of heart, and the swelling inside my skull has been so severe as to push an eye out of the socket. I cannot stay in my home but for a few minutes at a time, and I stay in an underground room in the backyard. For the most part, I have been homebound for more than six years. I have been violently ill several times. I'm in pain all the time. At times, I struggle to breathe even with oxygen. Every day is a different torture. My electrohypersensitivity has been recognized by federal and state agencies and by courts as a physical medical condition and uh, as a disability. To a lower degree, my three school children uh, have uh, uh, symptoms uh, of uh, electrohypersensitivity. In my family, we have several children born with brain damage, including the extended family, these 10 of them. Mm-hmm. The common thing in these children is that the mothers were users of cell phones while pregnant. Experts are warning that the number of children with brain damage has increased from 1 in 10,000 to 1 in 50, and that if we continue exposing children and pregnant women to microwave radiation, in a few years we may end up with no child left without brain damage, and that by the time parents re- become fully aware of this hazard, we are bound to lose many of our children. Basically, what I'm I'm on, I'm I'm going to explain uh, here is that um, a, a specific, concrete, and undisputed evidence on the federal record has proven beyond reasonable doubt that those in charge of educating and protecting our children have have committed fraud on the courts to conceal that school children are being exposed to power levels of radiation exceeding the federal safety limits which cause harm even to adults, to conceal that the same microwave radiation reaching children at school has caused harm to teachers, to firefighters, to police officers, and to other adults, to conceal that the radiation exposures at school are causing children electrohypersensitivities and brain, eye, blood, nerve, heart, and DNA damage and other severe physical harm that defeats the purpose of education to conceal that the radiation exposures at school are responsible for the poor academic performance and for the increasing number of children with brain damage and with learning and behavioral impairments, for the millions of visits to the school nurse and for the millions of student and teacher absences for health reasons, for the increasing number of children collapsing in class and committing suicide, and for the increasing number of children suffering of uh, life-threatening and of terminal illnesses, 
to conceal that the switch from wire to wireless internet in schools was not to improve education, but for illicit enrichment, mm -hmm. to conceal that the lowering of academic standards in the state of Texas was to conceal the harm being caused on children's brains by the microwave radiation at school, to conceal that taking advantage of the pervasive corruption in this area, our children have been chosen to start an extremely dangerous and suicidal experiment bound to cause harm even to generations to come and to conceal that the future of our children and uh, our national security are being sold to the wireless lobby, as proven by the evidence cited on the petition to impeach three federal judges and that, that has been posted at wirelesswatchblog.org. Now, Mr. Mendoza, this is obviously, I mean, that, I mean, we're, we're seeing some of the comments here in the uh, live meet chat, and uh, I think I saw a couple of people saying something like, you know, I didn't know it was this dangerous yeah, or something. Yeah, and people saying line. that they know other people who have experienced similar things as well. Yeah. So, obviously, this is something that, is happening and what we are seeing here is is this culture of silence where nobody wants to talk about what's happening here and, and what effects these signals and frequencies are having on people uh let me backtrack a little bit if that's okay with you and i just want to ask you when did you first start to notice that you had this hyper uh, sensitivity that was back in 1998. At that time, uh, I was using one of the first laptops, no Wi-Fi. Okay. And I was teaching at a university at that time. I was preparing my lesson plan and everything. And then I noticed that um, on and off, I was having um, sharp pains on my head. And eventually, I realized that every time the fridge came on, the pain came into my head. So, you know, I just moved my laptop away from the dining room and I went to another place and the, and the pain ceased. And basically, eventually I realized that it was the fridge. And then when I was, uh, I was uh, giving my lecture, eventually I was losing my concentration to the point that um, the students thought that I was on drugs or something. And, and eventually, I, I eventually I found that uh, right on top of my classroom there was a big transformers. And I asked for another room, and my health improved, but eventually I became sensitive to the fluorescent lights and to the, uh, to the uh, uh, air condition uh, that were on the windows. This, this building did not have uh, central air. It came to the point that I came home with uh, my, my face so swollen that you could see my blood on my cheeks. You know, it was, uh, I oh, could, wow. Eventually I could, not, I could not even be inside a school. That sounds extremely serious. Now, previous to this, have you had any uh, family members, you know, relatives that had exhibited something similar before? Not that I know of. There's nothing in there. Prior to, to your uh, symptoms manifesting, there was no history of this, correct? No, there's no history of that. Okay, let me ask you about how, I guess, this kind of whole thing got started I was uh, researching a bit online and I was reading that it seems like a lot of this thing kind of snowballed from an incident that happened at the uh, law school you were at attending. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you feel that uh, played into 
what later became, I mean, anybody would pretty much consider as a tax uh, to your person. Oh, yes. Yeah. But yeah. Basically, uh, I was going to law school. Uh, I was in my third year uh, when the, I found that um, there was a big fraud. I mean, you're talking about giving law degrees to those working with federal agencies and, you know, stealing money from students and stuff like that. And I complained. After I submitted the evidence, about six days after, I, I, I found myself in the emergency room with a swollen heart and one eye, you know, popping out, inability to breathe and everything. And eventually it was proven in federal court by undisputed evidence that in retaliation for denouncing this fraud, uh, the, uh, the two ju several judges uh, incited a retaliatory radiation surveillance that uh, that used the same radiation that now we're using on Wi-Fi and cell phones, and that cost me an electro hypersensitivity, and that was established by federal. I mean, by uh, uh, undisputed evidence on a federal court in Michigan. Now, after this was proven. The state of Michigan was the first state in the union to criminalize with up to life, without parole, to anybody that causes harm similar to the harm that was caused on myself. I am I'm seriously sitting here with my jaw on the ground. Um, let me let me uh, uh, backtrack a little bit. Say that one more time. They they ruled that it was a retaliatory what? It was, uh, it was um, basically, uh, it was proven by undisputed evidence on the federal record uh -huh. uh, on, a court, on a federal court in, in, in Michigan that my electro-hypersensitivity was caused by a retaliatory radiation surveillance uh, for denouncing the fraud uh, of millions of dollars and giving the, or in the given giving away or law degrees to those working with federal agencies. So it was retaliation? Well, basically, uh, it was because, you know, uh, the, uh, because the, the evidence proved conclusively that prominency and the judiciary committed fraud of millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. They tried to silence, you know, the messenger. Right. So you know, I left. Uh, I left uh, law school one month away from finishing my law degree because uh, oh, wow. two guys were trying to break into my apartment at three o'clock in the morning. Oh wow! And I don't think, yeah, I don't think they were bringing they were bringing me any coffee or donuts. Right. So, you know, I left the same day. Now, who could have the the influence or the power to order? I want this guy, Jesus Mendoza. Put him on your crosshairs and do this to him. Who would do that to you? <clears throat> well, you know, the dean of the school, it was proven in court that his resume, resume was uh, full of uh, a U.S. Department of Justice and uh, U.S. And Department of Justice in Michigan. So, you know, I don't know where he came from. But uh, I submitted the evidence of some of the people that, that were found uh, harassing me. They did not deny it. Wow. So everything, everything went there. I submitted the evidence of the, uh, of the technology that is used for surveillance but can also be used to, to cause severe physical harm. And they use the same uh, radiation uh, that now they place inside the schools 
and and now the kids are using on the cell phones. Do you think, uh, or is it your belief that it was the attacks that gave you the, the hypersensitivity, or do you think that is something that the you know you were just predisposed to in a way? I don't think I was predisposed because um, uh, I had been using computers before, you know, when I was working. Right. And uh, I was exposed to all types of, uh, you know, fluorescent lights. I, I had, you know, I I got my degree, you know, in, in, the, in government when I went to college, you know. I never had any problems using computers or doing anything, being inside a building or anything like that, you know. Actually, before, uh, I had a, a, a physical before all these problems started, and I was told by the practitioner that my health was in top shape. So the 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 change from your health being rated as in top shape to all the health problems that you had was fairly a short amount of time. Yes, it happened. Like for example, I could read at uh, that time. I could read without any glasses or anything like that, and. I remember that after the first aggressions, you know, uh, after I went to the hospital, I opened the books and I couldn't read anything. So, you know, my sight was the first one to go. How has this affected your family? Has your family suffered the effects of these attacks as well? Well, uh, basically, you know, that was, that was basically aimed mainly to myself. Has your family experienced uh, uh, any negative effects? From... Yeah, at that time I wasn't married. Okay. I, no, I was married, but uh, I didn't have any kids. Okay. Do you think your kids also develop this sensitivity because of their exposure to these frequencies? Or do According... you think that somehow it maybe had, has become genetic and, you know, because you developed it, maybe got passed down to your kids? According to the, an expert, uh, he testified in federal court that it was very likely that my kids inherited my condition because wow. I had them when I was already electrohypersensitive. Oh, wow. So you want to make sure that the people who caused this to you and your family afterwards are accountable, right? Well, no, necessarily. I don't have any vengeful feelings or anything like that. Basically, uh, this facilitated for me mm-hmm. to uncover a, a fraud to conceal that the Wi-Fi and cell phones used inside the schools are causing children severe physical harm. Okay, so you have and no... Let me just, and let, let me just uh, give you a, a... There's a letter of a lady doctor uh, with two kids with electrohypersensitivity. This letter was sent to the legislature in Massachusetts. And she, in part, she says, Despite industry campaigns to create controversy and the peer review literature via creative study design, the current weight of the evidence demonstrates obvious harm from wireless technologies. The sum of quality peer review evidence amazed since the 1950s is so great that denial of this evidence is like denying the loss of gravity. And she says, this testimony, however, I write as the mother of two electrosensitive children who have been harmed by wireless technology and are no longer able to attend school. By, by telling our story, I hope to prevent other children and their families 
from being harmed as we have physically, socially, emotionally, and mentally. And to give you an understanding of the human consequences of the omnipresent Wi-Fi and radio frequency radiation in our schools, my children ages six and nine with physician-diagnosed electromagnetic intolerance have absolutely no access to an education in either public or private school. My daughter, in May of 2016, my second great daughter reported immediate onset dizziness, nausea, and vertigo whenever the smart board was used in her classroom. With longer exposures, she reported confusion with very intense nausea and dizziness. My son, in December 2016, after starting a new school, my son developed new onset autism-like behavioral change changes that were progressive. With each passing week at the new school, he became progressively more aggressive and violent, attacking his sister many weeknights by punching and kicking her for no apparent reason. He also regressed developmentally and was no longer willing to dress, undress, or wash himself. And basically what she's saying is that uh, we are the tip of the iceberg. Had not, have we not figured out that microwaves was the cause of my son's behavioral changes and violent aggressions, he, with no doubt, will have ended up institutionalized and medicated, possibly for life. Currently, there are many kids being, being medicated for psychiatric conditions who may not have any medical problems aside from psychological manifestations of non-ionizing radiation. And this is just part of the letter that was submitted for, by her. My heart goes to, to her because we share some of the same problems. And uh, if you don't mind, I can start telling you about how the fraud was committed on the courts to conceal that there's a slaughter of children in schools. I think we just have like a, a couple of questions. I, at least I, uh -huh. I have a quick comment because uh, uh -huh. I, I received the uh, documents from uh, our good friend Ron Patton from uh, Ground Zero Radio. And these uh -huh. are documents that I believe you put together with a lot of uh -huh. really, really compelling evidence to back up a lot of these claims. And I just want to share with folks a little bit of what, what was there. Because, as I mentioned earlier, we have touched on this subject before on the show, and we have wondered, you know, things like Wi-Fi are such a new technology that it might take decades before we know the effects, but it looks like there are some people out there that are experiencing these effects now because of, of this sensitivity. And one of the things that it's in the in the documents that I receive, it's a quote, and I believe it's from, from one of the, the books that has been written on the subject. It says, the people with electromagnetic sensitivity are the canneries in the coal mine, the harbingers of what's to come, and nobody wants to be bothered by facts that would burst their electronic bubble. Uh, later in the same document, there's another quote that says, electromagnetic hypersensitivity is a physiological issue not a psychological one and it can be seen as a sickness or as a i think it was like the word was something like a superpower or something depending on the environment of the individual although it is essentially uh both and uh, basically what i want to 
get folks to be conscious of because I know that there's a lot of people that will say, well, it's all in their heads or the the amount of radioactivity and like a Wi-Fi signal is not nearly high enough to cause any trouble. But as I said, the folks that are experiencing the symptoms now, as I just read a second ago, to me, are the canneries in the coal mine, right? Like, they're the people that are kind of giving us, like, the red flag that, hey, maybe we should kind of look into this a bit more. So, Mr. Mendoza, why don't you go ahead and continue and tell us more about this? Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for the opportunity uh, to actually share this life-saving um, information with a lot of people, especially with those who may be skeptical about this because skepticism and ignorance is actually causing a lot of pe- a lot of children to suffer unnecessarily. Uh, this tribulation started when I requested school officials to follow the doctor's orders not to sit my children in close proximity to sources of radiation. At that time, I submitted to school officials scientific evidence proving that the same microwave radiation reaching children at school has caused harm to teachers to firefighters, to police officers, and to other adults, and proving that this radiation causes electrohypersensitivity in brain, eye, blood, nerve, heart, and DNA damage, and other severe physical harm that defeats the purpose of education. Also, I submitted evidence showing that the radiation at school was responsible for the poor academic performance, for the thousands of visits to the school nurse, for the thousands of students and teacher absences, for health reasons, and for the increasing number of children uh, suffering of uh, life-threatening and terminal illnesses. In response, school officials removed some of this evidence from the record, and in retaliation for denouncing their falsification of government records, refused to follow the doctor's orders not to see my children in close proximity to sources of radiation, and I filed pro se a federal lawsuit. During a hearing on my motion to compel school officials to follow the doctor's orders in which I was allowed to appear by phone, school officials did not dispute the legitimacy of my electrohypersensitivity, did not deny their falsification of records to conceal the harm being caused by children by the microwave radiation at school, and did not deny that in retaliation for denouncing their falsification of records, they refused to follow the doctor's orders. During the same hearing, school officials did not deny their failed attempts to persuade my then-wife to impeach my, in court my mental stability to conceal the harm being caused on my children and on other children by the radiation school, stating instead that they were not claiming that I was mentally insane but that I do not have the right to represent pro se my children in court. During the same hearing, school officials did not deny that taking advantage of my then-wife's illiteracy and family violence, they persuaded her to testify falsely that my children were healthy children. During the same hearing, my then-wife admitted in court that my children scream in pain while asleep, when meters show high levels of radiation and admitted placing on the trash pictures showing the swelling and bloody lines on my children's eyes. Wow. On another hearing, uh, a world-class expert in radiation at schools, Dr. Samuel Milham, testified in federal court that it was likely my kids inherited my electrohypersensitivity 
that the swelling, bloody lines, and blood spots on my children's eyes w- were caused by the radiation at school and that my children needed to be transferred to another school to prevent further aggravation of their health condition. After the hearing, in retaliation for denouncing in court their falsification of records and perjury, school officials seated my children closer to sources of radiation and refused to transfer my kids to another school, aggravating their health condition to the indifference of the two federal judges presiding on the case. I filed another lawsuit in federal court against the two federal judges citing to the evidence on the record proving that two judges' irrational and criminal cruelty against children and proven their collusion on falsification of records, more than seven acts of perjury to the federal court, and in disability discrimination and retaliation to conceal the harm caused on children by the microwave radiation school. The lawsuit requested the court to recuse the two judges from the lawsuit against the school officials, and the two federal judges recused themselves from the case against the lawsuit Against the, the against the school officials, admitting their irrational and criminal cruelty against children and their collusion to conceal the harm caused on children by the microwave radiation school. The petition to impeach and remove from office submitted to the U.S. House of Representatives cites to the collusion of two other judges to dismiss the case versus uh, against the school officials and to dismiss the case against the two judges to conceal the harm being caused on children by the microwave radiation school. Uh, in April uh, of 2014, to prevent expert medical evaluations for treatment of the harm caused on my children by the radiation school and to conceal the crimes being committed against children, a state district judge defrauded his court of a final decree of divorce, stating falsely, among other things, that I waived my right to a jury trial and that with my signature, I gave my ex-wife the exclusive decision on my children's health and education and that I agreed to pay child and medical support minimum wage and that I agreed to see my children only 24 hours per month. On March of 2016, the Texas Attorney General filed a lawsuit to enforce by incarceration the fraudulent support orders, knowing that the final decree of divorce was obtained by fraud to conceal the crimes being committed against children, knowing of my inability to comply with the fraudulent support orders, knowing that because of my life-threatening electrohypersensitivity, incarceration is for me a death sentence and knowing that this was an attempt to silence with murder the fraud on the course to conceal the crimes being committed against children. On, after uh, the Texas Attorney General refused to, uh, um, to withdraw the lawsuit, I filed a counter, a counter lawsuit against the Texas, Texas Attorney General, citing to the evidence on the record proving his collusion with others and... Um, <clears throat> and the fraud on the course to conceal the crimes being committed against children. On November 8, 2016, on a hearing in which I was allowed um, uh, to appear by telephonic conference on the motion to enforce by incarceration the fraudulent support orders, uh, my court-appointed attorney read to the court my doctor's letter 
detailing how my electrohypersensitivity is like threatening and stating that if I'm confined inside a building or in other places where there is radiation, I am bound to suffer irreversible harm, including death. In response, the Texas Attorney General did not object to the admission of my doctor's letter as evidence and withdrew his motion to enforce by incarceration the fraudulent support orders, recognizing again the legitimacy the legitimacy of my electrohypersensitivity as a physical medical condition and as a disability. The Texas Attorney General defaulted on the Connor lawsuit admitting his collusion with others and and fraud on the courts uh, and in the retaliatory attempts to enforce the fraudulent support orders to conceal with murder the crimes being committed against children. It just sounds like um, the definition of a witch hunt in a way because it seems like they kept trying to stack a lot of things against you. I was going to ask, when your children come up to you, um, just as an example, what sort of things do they report when they come from school or when they're playing around with their computers or when they're dealing with different like EM devices in, you know, in like their school environment? Like, what do they report? Okay, basically, my kids are not on the school uh, that had a low ceiling where the the microwave transmitters were right on top of their heads. That was a killer. Now they move into another school where they still have web Wi-Fi, but it is uh, the Wi-Fi is in the high ceiling. Mm-hmm. And two of them avoid uh, using uh, cell phones and everything that has wireless as much as possible, unless it's an emergency or something very important. Uh, but the swelling, uh, well, basically, but I want the, the oldest one, uh, which is uh, 17, uh, she is using the cell phone, but she has she has tried suicide like three times. She someone has, someone in the chat actually just asked, um, do any of them have skin reactions? Yes, especially my little one. It used to be worse, you know, tantrums, aggressiveness, and stuff like that, you know. But now it's, they are trying to avoid as much as they can. and and But the swelling on the eyes is a reflection, swelling on the face, you know. It's a... Uh, it's it's something visible that anybody can see. It's but like an extreme you, allergic mm-hmm. reaction, right? Yes, but let me tell you, uh, it was back, and you know, it was quite a bit ago. You know, when somebody made a, a false accusations that I was mentally insane, that I was that I had a weapon, and that uh, uh, was uh, committing violence against my children, mm-hmm, and child, mm-hmm. child protective services came to my home. To, you know, and they came very aggressively. Uh, uh, basically, they came to pick up the kids and take them away. When they realized the legitimacy of my electrohypersensitivity, that is not true. That I'm uh, uh, that I'm uh, 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 committing family violence. That I, or that I have a weapon or anything like that. You know, actually, they came and they saw my home. You know, uh, as a model home. You know, because at that time I was working. Uh, they just closed the case. But now. You know, it came to be that two commissioners or child protective services through their agents have concealed my kids' outcry for help to, to, for protection of the wireless devices 
because they want to go for medical evaluations and treatment of my condition. And this, uh, these commissioners, you know, that, that tells you how much it is behind this. When two commissioners of Child Protective Services have concealed my kids out Christ, that tells you that uh, there is a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, efforts to conceal the, the the crimes that are being committed against kids, uh, and that is basically you know what is happening to 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 a lot of kids. You know, many many kids that never had a chance. A lot of a lot of kids are being mismedicated and mistreated with dangerous drugs when there's no need to do so. All they have to do is avoid microwave radiation, as it has been explained by the American Academy of Environmental and Medicine. They actually training doctors to recognize symptoms that disappear by just avoiding microwave radiation. Uh, Mr. Mendoza, we're going to take a, a quick top of the hour break here. We're going to play a, a few songs and uh, and run some station IDs. Would you be so kind to hang on the line while we do that? Because when we come back from the break, I want to tackle some of, of this stuff with you of could maybe possibly ADD slash ADHD be caused by some of these uh, radiation frequencies and how this is affecting kids. And obviously, I mean, I'm willing to bet uh, that most people listening to this show right now are probably listening to it on a device that is connected over Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we need to explore what could be the, the harmful effects of that. So, uh, Mr. Mendoza, if you'd be so kind to just hang on the line for us and we'll meet up again uh, on the other side of the break. Absolutely, by all means. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you, Thank you Thank so much, you. Mr. Mendoza. <laughs> We're going to be right back here on West of the Rockies. And man, I don't know about you guys, but this is really, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I kind of broke in a sweat here because this is some pretty serious stuff. And the ramifications, as Mr. Mendoza says, in his case in particular, seem to go pretty deep No, the scariest down. thing is, you know I'm a fan of Reddit. One of the... Ask Reddit questions a few weeks ago was, what's going to be the cigarettes of our time, of right. our generation? Oh boy, that's a and, great analogy. And one of the answers was, Wi-Fi is going to be the cigarettes of our generation. Like, everyone thought cigarettes were great. They help your Lungs. Apparently, yeah, they, the they doctors would cough. tell people, yeah, they help your cough. It's like, oh, you got a little little problem there. Smoke a cigarette. It'll yeah, clear it you up. got a cough. You got a <laughs> speech impediment. Just, just smoke a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Well, there were even cartoons like that. Uh, you could find it on YouTube. There was like a, a old Flintstones cartoon where they were smoking like Winston's or some cigarette yeah, brand. No, they literally this was like a kids' cartoon. By, yeah. It was prescribed by doctors. Right. It was prescribed to the king of England. Jeez. Because he had a stutter. He had a... Oh, really? Yeah, Able he had a stutter. Pure stuttering. Yeah. So he was prescribed it for like his throat and stuff. So, yeah. Like, Wi-Fi might just be like our... Like, we're just so right. dumb and stupid that we don't realize that... We're just being like inundated. Or, with or we're being kept in the dark about the effects of Wi-Fi because <laughs> I think there's some big money now. I mean, think about it. Just to kind of close uh, with a quote uh, that's also in the document that Mr. Mendoza sent. We don't want to believe that our new toys to which we are so attached 
and which bringing enormous profits could also cause our demise or that of our children. But science is not about belief. Government's responsibility to their citizens should not be either. So we're going to continue this conversation when we come back from the break. Um, I'm not trying to make light of the subject, but we're talking about all these frequencies and stuff. And I've actually been humming this song all week. And this is a, an REM song. Uh, and we that? get a few shout outs. Oh, we got of shout course, outs. to Mr. Gross, to Sal, to Gorgeous Vendetta. And I want to believe 420 Troll, Anthony's on there, and Young Miguel, and a lot of other people, Wes Craven, and anyone else who wants to shout out, just put your hands That's up. That's right. Uh, so we're going to go to the as well. break just got one. with uh, this REM track. This is called What's the Frequency, Kenneth? One of my favorite REM songs. Probably my favorite REM songs. I'm allowed to have a favorite. REM song, right? Enjoy this one, guys. West of the Rockies coming right back. <laughs> West of the Rockies with Frank. Open, open your, your, your mind. mind. We're back to the second hour we're west of the Rockies. I'm Frank. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know it's getting late for some of the folks at home, but uh, we're always happy to see everyone sticking around on the Ustream, tuning, live me. Big shout out to everyone on live me. I, I see that thing is popping. No, yeah, no, live me is great nowadays. I mean, it was all about iHeartRadio and Ustream and everything before, but live me. Shout out to you. As always, I'm Engineer Frank on Twitter, West of the Rockies on Facebook. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at WOTR Radio altogether. And uh, you can type that in as well on YouTube. You go to youtube.com forward slash WOTR Radio and it'll take you to our YouTube channel and you'll find video interviews, radio interviews, event reviews, and a whole lot more. Uh, and if that's not enough, don't forget to check out the website wotrradio.com as always i'm joined by genevieve genevieve at genevieve you way yeah i i wish Are i, we I was simplify just called, that i wish soon? i was just called like plain genevieve Jane or Smith something or something like play, genevieve lopez something like, like yeah that i'm not even genevieve type. i mean the genevieve part is already so the genevieve some people have troubles with right? yeah and then the like all the other names <laughs> It's like parents. Come on, guys. Right. Like, couldn't you just call me Bob? <laughs> so you can follow her on Twitter at Genevieve Uway. Or uh, you can catch her here every Thursday night hosting her very own show. No added flavors, music, fun facts, jokes, and a whole lot more. That happens Thursday nights, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time. So definitely check that out. Uh, let me do a little bit of back announcing uh, what you heard there was uh, a little trio from uh, San Angelo, Texas. That was Los Lonely Boys with uh, 
How Far Is Heaven, one of my favorite tracks. Uh, check them out if you How haven't. How far is it? The nearest uh, liquor Let me get my about, GPS. Yeah, Let me get ways up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and before that, you heard uh, some R.E.M. with uh, What's the Frequency, Kenneth? Those two songs brought to you by the uh, Summer of 95, which is when I think I heard those songs back in 1995. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Aging yourself. I <laughs> know. Uh, I was a mere five years old. Well, that... Will anybody you believe that? You're minus five years old. Right. <laughs> Let's get back into this because obviously we're talking about some really heavy stuff tonight, man. And coming to terms with the idea that something that has become so crucial to a lot of people's everyday life can be so harmful definitely makes yeah. you kind of rethink and, and try and process all this information in something a certain way. basic like, pollution you know when you're driving your car and people realize that yeah pollution is actually well, pretty bad it's like one but car is, is not bad but this is a different type of pollution right this is still pollution it's just electromagnetic pollution right and what i was gonna say is like yeah it's one car might not be bad but a million cars yeah could cause a problem Exactly. Right. Yeah. So tonight, our guest is uh, Mr. Jesus Mendoza, and we've been talking to him about all of these things and how it's affected his life and his fight to get this recognized, really, and, and taken seriously by authorities. And uh, we're going to bring him back on the line and uh, discuss a bit further what, what is going on with all of this. Mr. Mendoza, before we went to the break, uh, you were talking about the effect that this stuff has on school-age kids while, while they're in school. A lot of things have been said about ADD, ADHD, even autism. I was going through the documents that you have, and there seems to be evidence that would point that things like Wi-Fi signals and electromagnetic frequencies could possibly cause it or at least uh, make it even more serious on kids that could Maybe and have that been predisposition. So much evidence nowadays. I mean, it's been in the news and on various outlets. So, Mr. Mendoza, what can you tell me about that? Can these signals and frequencies have this effect so serious that it could cause ADD, ADHD, autism, and some other things that have become really rampant in, in today's kids? Yes, sir. And let me just cite uh, some of the evidence undisputed evidence on the federal record that proved the harm, the, the radiation, the microwave radiation reaching children in school exceeds 250,000 microwatts per square meter. And the scientific studies say that exposure from 1,000 to 5,000 microwatts per square meter of microwave radiation causes brain damage, even to adults. Now, autism and ADHD fits the definition of brain damage. Now, I'm just giving you a quotation of a doctor. It strikes me as terrible shame that our society requires photos of brains shrinking in order to take seriously the common sense assumption that long hours in front of the screen is not good for our children's health that it is Dr. Cindy Russell. Okay, exposure to cell phone radiation is increasing by 500 the children's risk of brain cancer. 
exposure from 2,000 to 8,000 microwatts per square meter decreases the chances of survival to children suffering or life-threatening illnesses. Exposure to power levels or extremely low frequency radiation below the power levels reaching children at school increases by 500 the children's risk of cancer and increases by 450% their risk of dying to children suffering of life-threatening illnesses. Addiction to cell phones increases by more than 156% the children's risk of suicide and can cause the same behavioral problems caused by the use of drugs. Basically, uh, exposure to 5,000 microwatts per square meter uh, increases by more than 50% the risk on schoolgirls of suffering stillbirths, fetal abnormalities, or genetically damaged children. The harm caused by microwave radiation has a synergistic effect with the harm caused by toxics on the children's bloodstream. And in other words, if any kid is exposed to lead, mercury, or anything like that, and then is using wireless, that toxic goes directly into the brain. It is estimated that exposing children to six hours of microwave radiation at school amounts to placing the child one or two minutes a day inside a microwave oven. It is estimated that a child exposed to microwave radiation six hours a day, five days a week until the child reaches college, the child is going to be exposed to 12,960 hours of highly pulsed brain, body, and wall-penetrating microwave radiation. The same brain, body, and wall-penetration microwave radiation reaching children at school has been used by the military as a weapon to cause harm to the enemy's vital organs. Now, the wow. Wi-Fi systems in schools are typically hundreds of times more powerful than the home consumer systems you may be familiar with. They are also dozens of times more powerful than the cafe and restaurant systems you may have been exposed to. The Wi-Fi systems in schools are necessarily more powerful than any microwave communication systems in any other setting because they are required to run hundreds of computers simultaneously. They are also exposing children, the most vulnerable, to microwave radiation to extend the periods of all day for their entire childhood. And this is according to the American Academy of Environmental Medicine to the Los Angeles Unified School District. Now, that was March of 2013. And after the Los Angeles School District ignored the warning of many doctors, they went ahead and placed Wi-Fi inside the schools. About um, a few months ago, I talked to one of the officials at the Los Angeles School District, and now they are accommodating teachers and the increasing number of children with electrohypersensitivity after they cause the disabilities. And this, according to them, this is required under federal law, the American with Disabilities Act. If we have all this evidence that points that some people are reacting this way, uh, to me, it's outrageous that it is not being taken uh, seriously. 
Do you believe it is because, as you mentioned near the top of the show, there is lobbyists out there that are kind of stopping this information from reaching people? Yes, it is the same as, the, as, as like uh, on the tobacco industry. They just play in the same playbook. Uh, actually, in the 80s and 90s, according to experts, no one could be elected president of the United States without the support of tobacco industry, which at that time it was a billion-dollar industry. Wow. Now, uh, it could be, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, with exception of this administration, you know, but up to the Obama administration, you know, we can, we can extrapolate that and we can say that no one could have been elected president of the, of the United States without the support of the trillion-dollar uh, uh, wireless lobby. So, wow. you know, oh there's a lot goodness. of money there. I mean, here we have a federal agent, I mean, not only a federal agency, but everybody is, in, is, is, in, is uh, basically a, attempting to conceal the crimes that are being committed against children. Just give, let me give you an example. Uh, I requested help from the U.S. Department of Education, and one of the attorneys called me to say that uh, she was receptive to my evidence and everything. And then the next day she called me almost, you know, uh, her voice cracking and everything to tell me that she was not going to help me out. Now I requested help uh, from the Texas uh, Special Prosecution Division in Austin. And at the beginning it was very, everybody was receptive until one of the sergeants called me to tell me that they were not going to uh, investigate my case. My case and he was, you know, he, he sounded in distress. Now I requested help from the Texas Rangers, uh, and and one morning, very early in the morning, the director of the Texas Rangers called me with his voice cracking up to tell me that uh, I needed to find help from the FBI and the CIA. So, you know, here it tells you wow. that uh, everybody's trying to conceal, uh, you know, the crimes that are being committed, but, you know, uh, but that was on the, the, the whole administration. We have high hopes that, in, I mean, that this administration... It understands that to make America great again, we need to start uh, protecting the future, the future of our kids and the future of our national security. And that is their brains, because when the kids lose their brains, there's nothing left there to contribute to society. Yeah, no, we can, we can only hope that uh, at the very least, yeah, the, uh, the welfare of, of future generations can be safeguarded under the current presidency. But basically, what, what we're trying to do, and it was proven in court, that the switch, you know, from, from wire to wireless internet in schools uh, was not to improve education, but for illicit enrichment. And that a piece of wire, a simple piece of wire, can save lots of lives and lots of pain and suffering. In other words, they don't need the Wi-Fi in schools. Now, people that go to different places is a different thing. But, you know, but the place where our kids spend most of their childhood, you know, it is another thing. And that's basically what I'm trying to make parents understand. And, and the, the, the purpose of the petition to impeach the three federal judges that has been posted in wirelesswatchblog.org can be used by parents to ask legislators to what they are going to do to protect our children. It took me more than two years to, 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 to draft that document on a mechanical typewriter. And it was very painful because I'm in pain 24 hours 7. So, but the evidence, we're not dealing with allegations. We're dealing with a specific, concrete, and undisputed evidence proving fraud on the course to conceal 
the harm that is being caused on children. Now, this opens another can of worms. And in other words, that is m massive medical malpractice. And in other words, despite our official recognizing of electrohypersensitivity, and despite of more than 20,000 peer-reviewed scientific studies documenting the symptoms of EHS and of the harm caused by radiation, in most cases, even outstanding and brilliant traditional doctors know nothing about the harm caused by microwaves and continue misdiagnosing and mismedicating symptoms that disappear with avoiding radiation, even when treating, treating the harm caused by radiation with drugs can be fatal, especially on children. Now, the doctors are totally on the dark uh, on the dramatic increase of children suffering of brain damage and of learning and of behavioral impairments, of the dramatic increase in student absenteeism, on the dramatic increase of children collapsing in class, of the dramatic increase of children committing suicide, on the dramatic increase of children dying of painkiller overdoses, on the dramatic increase of children born with life-threatening and with severe disabilities, on the dramatic increase of children suffering of life-threatening and terminal illnesses, and on the dramatic increase of children suffering of electrohypersensitivity. This is massive medical malpractice. It's interesting to read in your document as well, and, and I think people should be aware of this, that this is not something that is just limited to the U.S., I was reading uh, that apparently in Sweden there were 250,000 diagnosed cases of electrohypersensitivity. And in San Francisco, apparently, there could be as many as 260,000 individual cases of this. Can you tell folks a little bit more about that? What other places do you know where, where they have acknowledged this as a real thing? Yes, basically, uh, there are several countries, like, for example, uh, it was Sweden, and I believe uh, it is uh, Germany, France, Spain, and I think there's a whole bunch uh, already of, uh, of countries in Europe, and even Canada. But the thing is that they, they were the ones who started using these things. So they were hit first than, than uh, we did. For example, we have uh, here... Uh, Per Segerback, you know, he he has to live away from his family to avoid aggravation of his health condition. Mm -hmm. Segerback wants an elite telecommunications engineer work with a group of 20 people designing advanced cell phone, phone circuitry. All but two members of his group reported symptoms of EHS, but his symptoms were by far the most severe. Severback was instrumental in creating policy to address electrohypersensitivity in Sweden. And he says, guys like me were so far ahead of society. We didn't know medicine. We didn't think what we were developing could harm anyone. It's hard to admit we've been wrong for so long. Here we have uh, Peter Sullivan. He owns his fortune to wireless devices. He found that they are dangerous. Sullivan says, I thought that anybody that talked about health effects of EMS was a complete idiot. I thought that they just were non-sciencey non until he got sick. After his brilliant Stanford doctors failed to find what was wrong with him, 
Mr. Suleiman gave about a million dollars to researchers that the wireless lobby won't touch. They include retired Washington State University professor Martin Paul, who has proposed a biological mechanism for EHS, and a Harvard neurology professor, Martha Herbert, who has proposed the biological mechanisms between exposure to radiation and brain damage in children. I mean, we have a lot of prominence coming with this, uh, this thing. And we have another one, you know, this one is Alison Maine. She graduated from college and she had a lot of friends and everything. And she says, that was my life until a few years ago. And now I am a, an EMF refuge. And living my very dystopian novel, I discovered a hidden network of EHS comrades around the globe. Former designers, lawyers, bankers, pilots, teachers, students. Brilliant, accomplished, hardworking, highly educated individuals of all ages who have been forced to leave their career, school, home, family, friends, and community, their financial worth, their entire reality to go off the grid in order to heal, to seek peace with their bodies, to make the pain stop, to be able to breathe again, think again, sleep again, exist again. I don't want this uh, to happen to my kids or to any other kids. This is a slow, horrible way to die. Something that no one deserves, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Of course not. Of course not. What can people do to protect themselves? <clears throat> well, what are some of the precautions people can take? Well, if I may, I can just uh, uh, recommend some of the books that I read. That one of them, it is A Wellness Guide for the Digital Age by Kerry Crafton. That is a, a vital necessity for anybody with kids. It explains how to avoid and how to use wireless without causing harm. The other one is uh, Dirty Electricity by Dr. Samuel Milham. Uh, that, that is also an eye-opener. Uh, also, there's another one that is uh, uh, Cell Phones and the Dark Deception by Carly Cooper. There's a new book that it is also an eye-opener as the mass malpractice that is happening right now, and that it is The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. Uh, and there are many books, but, you know, those are some of the, of the ones that, you know, people can read and get educated. But now what they can do, if they're having problems with kids in school, what they can do is just send a simple request to their legislators, and they have their responsibility and the duty to respond. What are they going to do to protect our kids from the harm caused by the wireless devices inside the schools? And they can attach a link to the petition to impeach federal judges. And that one is, it is posted on wirelesswatchblog.org on the subsection of case law and Jay Mendoza. Thanks God that is being posted there. And they can use that evidence to defend and protect their kids. And if I may, I, I mean, if I could give my telephone number for parents that have the same situation, I'll be glad talking to them. It's 956-583-7012. 956-583-7012. That is, that is extremely generous That's of amazing. you. Uh, Mr. Mendoza, what can I say? I mean, you definitely have left us with a lot to think about and a lot to consider. And I hope that people that 
listened to this show and, and got a chance to hear you tonight will uh, definitely look into this stuff because it could be very, very detrimental for our kids. So I, I definitely want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight and sharing these very difficult experiences with us. Oh, thank you very much for being angels, sir, ma'am. It is. Uh, it was very nice uh, that you allow me to be here, so I can explain to people uh, that, that something that they don't see and they don't hear, but that is taking the best of our kids. No, thank fair. you so much, Mr. Mendoza. So you're thank very you welcome. so much. You're very welcome. And that was uh, Mr. Jesus Mendoza. And man, I am not going to lie to you. This this really was... It always puts me in a difficult situation. It's, a diff it's, it's it, it, like your whole life revolves around electronics and devices that are just so high-tech that you don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, and... and uh, that is literally what your life revolves around. And it's not, you know, uh, it's, it's not just the, the vanity of technology, right? It's not just the Snapchats and the Instagrams. I mean, a lot of people rely on this stuff for business, right? It's what keeps the world moving uh, yeah. from banks to the post office to you name it. You know, it's like the Amazon guy shows up at your door, delivers your package. He's got to scan that package and that it's package like is connected being, through... Being like, yeah, like a hotspot. Yeah, it's, like, it's just everywhere you go, people have at least one, two gadgets. Yeah, that are running, you know, off of this these signals. So it's bit. not just your one cell phone. Everywhere you go, there's Wi-Fi signals, Wi-Fi devices. I remember there was a really interesting article that came out about a year, year and a half ago. Somebody managed to be able to visually show Wi-Fi signals. And it was a scary thing. If you look at a visual representation of a Wi-Fi signal, like they had when a special camera like and when thing. When they get bugs running around the Wi-Fi signal. And it's and just like bizarre. Yeah. It's scary. And it's like, you know, and I hate to feel like it's become a necessary evil. It has. It has. I hate that feeling, but it seems like that's where we're at now. And I have friends, to be honest, I have friends that tell me, oh, I still, you know, have a flip phone. They don't want like a smartphone because they feel like sm smartphones are worse. And there's other people that literally will just stick to a landline. I know people that actually still got pagers. You do? Yeah, <laughs> believe it or not. But they're they exist. They probably don't want me to put their business out there. But anyways, point being is that, well, I think doctors still use pagers, actually. Well, I think. Most hospitals are kind of like. they move to text yeah, like, to MSS? Most hospitals, they're like, actually, that was a joke. Right. Like, we can actually text in here. But my point being is that, yeah, when you think about it, I think it, it's in everyone's best interest to research it and mm -hmm. see how all the information sits with you. And if you feel like you need to make certain changes to your lifestyle, by all means do, you know. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We had a, a great show tonight. I want to thank again Mr. Jesus Mendoza for being our guest tonight. And uh, I really mean it. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mendoza, because I know he had to do the interview on a landline in a particular location. And I mean, it was definitely I know, not like, the it's most. Still gonna like thing. give him a headache and right. like 
So thank you so much, Mr. Mendoza. And I hope uh, if you found this show interesting, uh, give us a like and research this information. Visit the website. We'll have the link posted up on the website as well so you can check it out. Uh, because there's a lot of information out there. You just got to go and know what you're looking for. That being said, as always, I was joined by Genevieve. Genevieve Dewey on Twitter. Catch her here every Thursday nights, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific time. Hosted no added flavors, music, fun facts, jokes, and a whole lot more. It's just an overall good time. So check that out. That being said, take care, be safe, God bless, don't anything too crazy. Don't forget to uh, follow the show on Twitter at WOTR Radio. Check out the website, WOTRRadio.com, and subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes to the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube to the channel, youtube.com forward slash WOTR Radio. I'm your humble host, Engineer Frank, on Twitter. Check that out. And I'm just buying time because I don't even know what to play to go out of because I'm still thinking about this you whole Wi-Fi situation. Song. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to go out with another song from the summer of 95. I, I might as well keep the theme going at this point. <laughs> this is Lenny Kravitz, Rock and Roll is Dead, from the album Circus. Enjoy, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. West of the Rockies with Frank the Engineer on the Independent FM, Los Angeles.